Oh, this here is Dominic D'Angelo of WrestleZone.com, and this week on Get the Trade Tables, my degenerate brother Marcus and I compare this past Sunday's Royal Rumble to the classic Royal Rumble of 1992. We talk Dean Ambrose in AEW, and as the new quarterback for the Jacksonville Jaguars. Oh, Ronda Rousey getting unfairly trashed for promos, Daniel Bryan's amazing new belt, Tom Savini running, Bobby Heenan zingers, takers dead cojones, and we begin the first round of the ECW draft. So get that flare strut kicking and wrap your earbuds in barbed wire because it's time to get the trade Famous fours. Uh, this one's pretty much a layup. I don't know the four horsemen. I guess there you go, layup. <laughs> Dom, who is number four in the Royal Rumble this year? This year? Yeah, men, men's Royal Rumble. Who you got? Oh my god. Ah, gotcha. You did? Yeah. I don't remember who was. I don't remember. I don't remember either. What the? What the heck? <laughs> you already got me swearing. <laughs> Jeez. I I can't remember. I can't even remember who is number four in the '92 Royal Rumble, which I just watched. Uh, I might have that. Hang on. Uh, Nature Boy was number three. That's correct. So who came out after him? Uh, I have it here. Hold on. Oh, the the ultimate number four, Jerry Sags. Jerry Sags. How how could I forget him? How could you? That's an insult to everyone. Uh, Pity City for you. Oh, my God. His his existence in the business is an insult to everyone. <laughs> Dude, my God. I, you, you, somebody, if you're listening, share this to his Twitter. I don't give a shit. Yeah. <laughs> he sucks. Hey, so, yeah, this is Get the Trade Tables podcast. I'm here. This is Dominic D'Angelo of WrestleZone.com, and I am here with my degenerate brother, Marcus. Yeah. And once again, we're partying down after the rumble. Uh, Dominic, did you ever, we were just talking about the Nasty Boys, and I, I need to know if you're aware of this. Did you ever see that picture of uh, Brian Nobbs showing his butthole? <laughs> what? No. <laughs> yep. What? Just, just look up Brian Nobbs' butthole. Nope. Nope. <laughs> Not doing it. <laughs> you don't want to see it. I don't want to see it. Like that. in a locker room somewhere. Uh, the picture I saw, thankfully, had a star over the the stuff that you would not want to see. But, I think that uh, you can leave it up to the imagination. Oh, it, it's uh, it's not something you want to picture, man. That's nasty. It, it is nasty. <laughs> that's, that's real nasty. Yeah, I'm starting to understand this gimmick. <laughs> yeah, I'm getting the hang of it here. <laughs> what a hot angle! My God, what? Yeah. How did that cut? How? How'd you stumble upon that? Uh, I heard about it on, uh, I think it was something to wrestle. <laughs> what? I say. Yeah, uh, with Bruce Pritchard and Conrad Thompson. It was either something to wrestle, Conrad brought it up. It was either that or uh, 83 weeks. One of those two. But, oh my God. Wow. Just, a, just a, a sobering moment, Dominic. A sobering moment for all of us here. <laughs> Get the trade tables podcast. <laughs> moment of silence for did that. Not to be, did not expect to be talking about yeah. Ryan Hobbs Brown Star yeah. starting off the, the episode here. A ten bell salute for everybody's psyche. Jeez. <laughs> so it's January thirtieth, uh, right? It's January thirtieth. 
2019. Good job, Dom. How's the month been for you, Marcus? First month of 2019 happening. It's been all right, man. Uh, no real resolutions or changes in my life, but Good. you know. Yeah, you see, yeah. you're just a middle of the road kind of guy. Hey, I've shown up for four weeks for this podcast, so I feel like I'm crushing it. That's <laughs> quite the streak you have going there. <laughs> That's right. Four entire weeks, Dom, you've had me. <laughs> four and oh, baby. Hook, line, and sinker. I'm in. <laughs> well, uh, some I, news. Most of my relationships haven't lasted four weeks, Dom. This is this is a big deal. Uh, you mean like uh, significant others and just uh, personal I mean, relationships? Name any kind of relation, like jobs I've had. <laughs> so this has been impressive for me workout regimens right yeah it's my relationship with uh staying away from cookies yeah that's a it tough doesn't... one <laughs> it's always complicated with the cookies yes what's your favorite cookie marcus uh you know weirdly i like that macadamia nut with like white chocolate sort of deal no, that's pretty good. yeah I feel like a lot of people are grossed out by that, but I love those cookies. Do you know what mine is offhand? Uh, you're a you're an Oreo man from way back, well, a dunker. I mean, not counting Oreos. I mean, that's kind of like I'm saying like cookies that you make in the house. Well, I'll tell you this: uh, nobody gives. Yeah. Uh, so <laughs> they're no bakes, everybody. I love I'll nobody. tell you this much: nobody gives a rat's ass about your cookie preference, Dom. All right. Well, guess what? People do give a crap about what. Is Dean Ambrose is leaving the WWE. Oh, man, what a hot take. Man, did not expect that. That was the very first thing I posted about this week on WrestleZone.com. Very first thing. Isn't his girlfriend Renee Young? Wife. His wife. wife Renee Young. Yes. What are they, what are they going to do? Well, they're just, just going to float on, man. Like, you know, they both got jobs up there. Well, Dean Ambrose won't soon enough, and then he'll probably get a job very quickly. With but, AEW. Yeah, that's well. Who knows? Dude, he, he's he was, gonna help put them on. The, Vince has got a real problem here with AEW. Well, yeah. Let's let's talk about it. What do you think? Uh, now, how? What are your feelings on Dean Ambrose? You haven't really. I mean, you know him. You I do watched it, but like it's again. Marcus here is uh, relatively back into the product. Uh, Pretty much my experience with Dean Ambrose, Dom, has been, I remember Mick Foley had some heat with him when he was first coming into WWE because he was like, he said something about Mick Foley's wife and kids in a kayfabe way, but it was like Mick Foley got mad about it. I remember that. And then I remember him in The Shield, and that's really been it. Um, So you've seen the best of WWE Dean Ambrose then? Pretty much. Like, I know about this whole lunatic deal they got going on. Um, (laughs) But I'll tell you what, man. I like him. And uh, something that reinforced it. I mean, I think he's great in the ring. I think he's uh, he's got this Roddy Piper type energy of, like, wildness, uh, which is is cool. Uh, But, like, he he got over with me in a big way on Raw this week because he came out and he completely called out uh, Seth Rollins. On uh, on kissing Triple H's ass, he he actually, <laughs> he actually said that in the ring. And yeah, I was like, that's tremendous. That was good stuff. Because like that's exactly what I was thinking when you know Seth Rollins and Triple H are out there. You know, a few more seconds, uh, you know, before Ambrose's music hit, and they would have been smooching right there in the ring, Dom. Eskimo uh, kissing. Huh? Eskimo kissing. Yeah, that's right. Uh, it's, I think we got a PG podcast, or else I was gonna say something else. But they were. Uh, uh, yeah, I've already got a, got some editing to do. Yes. <laughs> Don't edit too much. There's some good shit in there. Um, but yeah, so uh, he came out and he completely called him out. And I thought it was great. 
Um, so yeah, he got over with me in that way, but I like the guy. I like his finish. Uh, I like his vibe. I think that a dude like that going to AEW again, all it does is solidify them as a power. And I think they're going to be, well, do you know the ins and outs of, of the whole thing, Marcus? Are you, are you just knowing that he's gone? He's leaving. I know, I know that his, uh, his contract is done after WrestleMania, right? At the end of April, it is, it expires. Yeah. But because it's a contract expiring, he has. He, I don't think he has to adhere to the ninety-day no-compete clause, so he can just go. Uh, is Vince going to job him out to Nia Jax at WrestleMania? Yes, I believe so. I believe so. I think so too. It's all angled that way, and you know what? Um, no that's problem. Probably good for Dean. I think it's good for Dean because, like, you think about playing into that angle, he can make it work. Did it did it destroy Jeff Jarrett's career when he put China over? No, he's fine. No. Yeah, it was so, fine. I mean, I think Jeff Jarrett kind of did more damage to himself in his career <laughs> later on. <laughs> he did, but Vince did go later go on to admit that yes, I owed him money. Oh, really? Um, it was so when Jeff Jarrett held him up, quote unquote, um, he he was holding him up for money that Vince owed him. So he was all all he was saying was, "I have no problem with doing the job." but I need you to pay me everything that you owe me right now. Um, so Vince McMahon, you know, they acted like he held him up, but he was just getting his money, man. He earned it. I liked Jared. I liked Jared a lot. And we'll get, actually get to him in a little bit. But uh, And honestly, if, if you were in the same position, would you not do the exact same thing? Like, that's cool. I'll put her over, but give me my money. Right. I mean, it makes sense. Yeah. That's what the business Jared. is about. Here's a hot take for you, Dom. Uh, for you, knowing me, uh, Jeff Jarrett, top fifteen in my wrestlers of all time. I love him. That's not too hot of a take. I know you like Jarrett a lot. I like oh, Jarrett really? too. Yeah, I like. Yeah, him. I think I think Double J is the man. He's incredible in the ring. We'll touch on him on Raw here in a minute. Yeah, and in, in Royal Rumble. Um, but with Dean, what's kind of we talk about how like money is important in that regard. With Dean, it was from a creative aspect he was unhappy because. The WWE offered him, I think, a five-year contract worth a million per year, which is good. That's and a good turned, deal. Yeah, and he turned it down because he what he's not happy creatively. Well, he's so, gonna he's probably gonna make more with AEW. If he doesn't, though, it's I I think he's willing to take that risk. You know? Sure. Because well, I mean, he's going to he's gonna make some of that Jaguar money. <laughs> some of that hot Jaguar money, some That's some right. of that Mark Brunel money, <laughs> and some of that cut uh, cut what's his face money, uh, what's his name there, that terrible quarterback Blake Bortles. <laughs> I mean, cut Blake Bortles and pay they Dean Ambrose. Yeah, get Dean Ambrose. They'll probably have him do be quarterback, and you uh, could you could put him in a quarterback. He would function at about the same level as Blake Bortles. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> you could you could get like Air Bud in there, and he would he would hold his own. <laughs> Could you, imagine, could you imagine Dean Ambrose in the huddle, like talking to the guys? <laughs> right, this is what we're gonna do, guys. <laughs> I want you to just run, just run. I'll maybe throw it to you. We'll see how it goes. Oh, your Scott Hall text oh, my message Scott thing Hall just went text. off. Big news, big news, nothing. It's just our buddy dog. Uh, Dominic, uh, when that goes off, when you're on a date with somebody from Tinder, uh, how does that go? <laughs> it went off when I was at work yesterday. <laughs> and everybody, like, it was, I was with uh, two of my female coworkers, and yeah. I was like, oh, I got a text, and they're like, what's that noise? What was that You're text like, Nothing. Noise? nothing. I was like, ah, ah. <laughs> <laughs> it was a pro wrestler. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. So, jeez, uh, where were we? We're talking, okay, so he's got, like, it would be awesome if he does go to AEW. 
Uh, he used to be in CZW. That's where he got his start. So I could imagine him resting the spell there just for a couple shows or appearances or something. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, the world is Dean's oyster, to say the least. He oh. can make a lot out of this. Uh, so I think it's a great opportunity. And I hope that other guys are going to see what happens to Dean Ambrose. You know, because now you've got, like, you know, obviously uh, Cody Rhodes is, has a lot of uh, inside tracks when it comes to WWE, probably still friends with tons of the guys. Sure, but now yeah. here's a guy who's leaving WWE to go to this promotion. And I think that it's going to open the door. You know, if he's going to be in communication with some of his, his buddies there and be like, hey, I came down here and I'm, I making, think... some, I'm making some big boy money. Well, he already accepted, like, he already, uh, I think he's already making an impression on a lot of the other roster. I mean, just roster. See, I said it. God <laughs> damn <Roster>. it. Yes. <laughs> what was the word I couldn't say? Oh, visionette. Visionet. Visionet. Oh, God. So what is it? What's the proper way to say it? Vignette. Vignette. Vignette, Dominic. Vignette. Okay. My God. <laughs> You technically you work in the business. Hey, I write for WrestleZone. Everybody, you can follow me on Twitter at Dominic D'Angelo. Um, I'm very more grammatically correct on Twitter. Very more grammatically. Correct. <laughs> Do you hear yourself right now? Yes. He is very more grammatically correct <laughs> on your rights, guys. So enjoy you know those. How, you know, Marcus. You know my rep. rep <laughs> never mind. <laughs> I'm stopping right there. <laughs> you want me to just end the podcast? Now? <laughs> My God. So, but, uh, yeah, I think he's, I think wrestlers are already taking that impression, like, where it's like, okay, hey, we have options. And I think they're aware of that, too. And I think WWE's aware of it, too, because look at how they handled the Dean Ambrose situation. They they went out of their way to make the announcement that Dean Ambrose will not be returning. And how often has WWE done that? Like, never. Not to mention, they're making people take off their AEW shirts. Do you ever picture anybody stopping somebody from wearing an Impact Wrestling shirt at a WWE event? Because I don't. And you know, and what's, in, you know what's happened before. And what's funny, too, is when that happened, like when that report dropped, the Young Buck says, feel free to wear whatever shirt you want to our shows. <laughs> <laughs> Good for them, man. I think they're going to make a huge run. And honestly, man, I could see this turning into the Monday Night Wars level awesomeness again. And Even I'd if it's like, not on Monday night, like right up against them, it's still going to be like a war, which is pretty awesome. They should do it on Monday night, though. Come on, let's bring that back. It was old 1998. They might Chuck not need Marcus to, though. <laughs> sitting, sitting by the TV screen with chocolate on my hands. What would be... Would you uh, make yourself gain weight to get Chubby Marcus again if you... Uh... Uh, I think I think wrestling, the Monday Night Wars, and, and Chubby Marcus were directly linked to each other. If, like wrestling, if, if you had the, the guarantee that wrestling was going to come back, like, in its... Like, what it was... Would you, uh, would you, but you had to gain like 50 pounds. You could lose it if you wanted, but you had to gain well, that's, 50 That's a tall order, Dominic, because that's like, now it's invading my personal life where I'm like, right. <laughs> it's okay. At least this one thing is great. <laughs> you know, my wife is going to divorce me because I'm a fat tub. <laughs> hey, hey, wrestling's good again. <laughs> <laughs> I got that going for me. Question to, question to think about there. Yeah, boy, is that boy? You know, that's just, that's a close one though. Divorce or <laughs> happiness in wrestling? <laughs> a, a broken marriage or, or Ooh, wrestling boy. in prime? Once Let me more. think about it, Dom. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, are you aware of the wrestler Hideo Tommy Marcus? Do you know that name? I am. Yes. Okay. Well, he also requested his release and got it granted. And he was in NXT 
then he went to 205 Live. He was Kenta in uh, All Japan, I think it was. All Japan? No, Noah. Sorry, in Noah. And uh, so he's gone. He's They... they Granted, his release immediately because he wanted it, but he's got the 90-day no-compete clause. And Good. so he, he's a huge star in Japan. So, I mean, wrestlers are doing it. Man. They're yeah, doing jump it. Ship, jump ship. Real quick, and then we'll talk about Royal Rumble 92 or Raw or whichever one you want to talk about first. Okay. Um, let's, let's be fast about it, though. Name one wrestler out there right now that you think you would love to see in AEW. One wrestler. It doesn't matter if it's WWE or who. Name a wrestler in the world you want to see in AEW. Jeez, I don't know. I, I like. I mean, again, <laughs> I like RJ City a lot. <laughs> I like him a lot. Like he's he's probably. I just like his personality. I think he's unique, and I think he would add something special to any wrestling product because it's the his personality just stands out. I think so. Cool. My pick. But I'm I'm going I'm going Cody Hall. I mentioned him before. I think that kid's got a yeah. lot of potential. He's big. He's got a good look. I think uh, he's super athletic. Uh, it's, uh, he would be a layup in my mind. Yeah. Boy, that's tough, though. There's so many talented guys. that I mean, you could even throw Joey Ryan into the mix. And Joey Ryan's all but likely going to be a part of AEW. So, I mean, mm-hmm. you know, there's just there's a lot. That's a lot to choose from, man. So, uh, but yeah, let's talk about, well, before we get into Raw and... And the Royal Rumble. Let's talk about Daniel Bryan's new belt. Ah, yes. Uh, I'm not a belt guy. You know that. You're not mm-hmm. a belt guy. But I'm kind of getting into him. I tell you what, that's one belt I might fork over some money for. <laughs> really? Yeah. Like like a nine hundred dollar like legit looking belt. Not nine hundred. I would. I would roll it maybe. I was rolling the financial budget in old Dommy Boy's head here. Well, when I was watching the video, I was like, that's a cool belt. Daniel Bryan's like the best. So, uh, oh, I was very tempted. Just the, I, how, what do you think of it? Yeah, overall, what do you think of it? It's cool looking, man. And I think that it fits his vibe for sure. And, um, you know, it's, it, initially when Eric Rowan came out uh, during Royal Rumble, I was like, what the hell is this? Like, you know, uh, why can't why why can't we just have a clean finish in this great match? You know, I was like getting upset, and I'm like, okay, which one of these guys is he gonna face at, at WrestleMania? You know, who's he who's he gonna turn on? And I was like, like wait a minute, really, you really had you really questioned which one he was gonna side with? I I did, but then I he was had like, flannel on, Marcus. That's that's flannel. what I was just about. That's what I was just about to say. I was like, wait a minute, he's wearing a flannel. <laughs> uh, so no, this is good, man. I think it's he he reminds me he's the Sid. To uh, Daniel Bryan's Shawn Michaels, uh, I think I think it's a it's a good pairing, and uh, yeah, it's, it should be good stuff in the in moving forward. But yeah, about the belt, anyways, uh, I love it. Well, before I think we looks... go into that, before we go into that, since you brought it up, who was on who was on Eric Rowan's shirt? Do you know? I don't. Who was it? Did you, but you know what shirt he was wearing? Do you remember what it looked no, like? What? Yeah, I assumed it was him on his shirt. No. It looked like Frank Zappa. I thought it was Frank Zappa at first. Oh. And I was like, is that the dude from Deadwood? <laughs> Ian McShane. And then I looked later on. Here it is, Marcus. It's Pittsburgh's very own Tom Savini. It wasn't really. It was Tom Savini. Because now my editor sent me this the next day for to write about the news. Uh, was Tom Savini makes all of Eric Rowan's masks. for? No way. Yeah. And That's he's done cool. 
Triple H's stuff. He's done Triple H's stuff for the entrance, uh, for his WrestleMania entrances and all that stuff. So that was a Tom Savini shirt he's wearing. Tom Savini, one of the most interesting humans on the planet. If you, know you if you don't know who he is, look him up. I was considering this, Marcus, and you're a big horror movie guy. I am. I'm going to try to reach out to him and see if we can do an interview. That would be incredible. That would that would make me very happy. I like talk Tom about Savini. wrestling. We talk about his connection with that. We talk about. I mean, you you're the horror movie kind of buff. <laughs> oh yeah, I'll I'll take lead on this one. Uh, yeah. believe me, that's great because he he did all the stuff for Creepshow, one of my favorite Stephen King oh, really? joints. Yeah, so uh, I'm I would love that. Let's Did you know? Try. Also, the dude's a grandfather. He is ripped. He has like abs. Uh, yeah. He's he's like jacked up. Well, he lives in my neighborhood. Apparently, maybe. But him and uh, George Romero would go to Pleasure Bar, which is like right down the street from me, and like wow. party and stuff like that. So there's there's the convenience factor of this interview, right? And he stops in Whole Foods from time to time, from what I know. And I think it was him, maybe. That I uh, was at the orange juice machine. He was getting orange juice there. So <laughs> uh, we got to reach out to him. We yeah, I think we should try it. We should try it out. Let's do it. Yeah. So thought I'd bring that up, but let's talk about yeah. So any thoughts? Any more thoughts on the belt? How do you like overall? I uh, I've constantly bombarded you with the O'Brien text, so <laughs> yes. you know how I feel about you it. You are a giant DB, Mark. I am. I'm pretty big into it. Uh, honestly, I, I'll probably write an article about. Uh, Daniel Bryan's current run. And, you said uh, he's a good guy when you met him, right? Really good guy. Yeah, yeah. I met him uh, when I first moved to Pittsburgh here, and so uh, super friendly. Uh, it's just cool. Yeah, and it's uh, I'm ha- I immediately like I did not like his heel turn. I was so against it, but like he made it his own thing, and it's it's pretty awesome. So I think uh, I even said on the pilot episode of this podcast uh, that they should have made AJ AJ Styles a heel. He's a better heel. And made uh, DB the baby face, but man, it's I got it wrong. I got it all wrong. Yeah, he's, he's incredible. I sent you the the video of him. Which one did I send you? The one all where, of them. Did I? <laughs> <laughs> did you watch the one where he was talking about uh, like old pigs and how his dogs are notoriously dumb? Yes. Oh my god. Yes. Good stuff, man. So good. All right. Well, let's move on. I also wanted to talk about, uh, and this ties into Raw. How much of Raw did you watch, Marcus? Uh, I saw nearly all of it. Really? Uh, yeah. Good I, for a good, you. Hey, a look good at shit. you. You know, every once in a while something would happen, and I would get the thousand yard stare and start looking at my phone. But, uh, <laughs> but you know, it's uh, for the most part, I I retained a good chunk of it. Now, would you say this is you're kind of just gaining interest from doing the podcast again, or is this more from like, I don't know, like. So, it, yeah, how would you explain? Because you're not one to just sit and watch Raw like that. So make make no mistake, Dom. Uh, it sucks. Uh, the current product, <laughs> the current product sucks. But I will say this: this past episode of Raw is one of the best ones I've seen in years. Um, mm. I, I loved this episode of Raw. I was I they had me hook, line, and sinker. Well, Marcus, okay, you're gonna take the lead on this one because I was working again that night, so I watched the ending and okay. then i caught up and watched like there was something i wanted to see which was ronda rousey's promo i wanted to see that so i went back and watched that but for the most part i'm a babe in the woods this time around i'm the babe in the woods so all right well uh yeah let me let me pull up my cheater here because while i watched all of it i don't like remember it match for match so hang on let me yeah let me see what's going on here you might you have take to cut notes too that's fine do you take notes too marcus i took notes for the 92 rumble not for raw okay okay 
Boy, I, Marcus, I gotta say, I'm impressed. I'm impressed. Why is that? Well, you usually half-ass a lot of yeah. <laughs> Hey, man. Hey, man. Uh, I take it pretty seriously. Hey, man, this is like my thing here, dude. <laughs> yeah, which, did you see... Well, I sent you the Jeff Bridges clip, right? Uh, yes. Yeah. It's a it's a beer commercial. It's nothing. It's oh, not, okay. The dude's not coming back, everybody, just so you know. It's... It's just for Stella, Stella Artos or some crap like that. Stella Artos, Dominic. How's it pronounced? <laughs> uh, give it another. Give it one more shot. Stella then I'll Artois. There you go, Stella hey, Artois. There we go. I was really hoping you were gonna get that wrong, but okay. Uh, yeah, I'll I'll take point on Raw here. Now it's all coming back. So uh, yeah, Seth Rollins opened Raw. Um, you know, he came out like celebrating, and he he had this cheesy moment where he's like, "I gotta do it. It's a once in a lifetime moment." And he like points at the WrestleMania oh, sign. Oh my god! Like, oh yes, oh, that was purely organic. Purely oh, organic oh, moment. Oh, I we get that crap. Of course. Before you go um, on, did you see that he pointed at the WrestleMania sign at Royal Rumble too? But it was a graphic. So the graphic later got removed on Twitter, and here he is just pointing at the University of Phoenix sign. Mm-hmm. Yes, I did. <laughs> it was hilarious. Like, hilarious. that's it. I'm enrolling. I'm, I'm going. <laughs> this, this, this job sucks. Marcus, aren't you, a graduate? A new job. aren't you a graduate of the University of Phoenix? I a proud graduate, Dom. Wow. Uh, yeah, that's right. Me and me and countless other trailer park people. And soon to be Seth Rollins. <laughs> that's, that's right. And me, I'm me, me and Angle have those ties. <laughs> <Right. laughs> uh, yeah, so uh, he came out and did that cheesy crap, and then uh, Triple H came out, and uh, you know they were kissing each other's ass for a while in the ring, and uh, then Dean Ambrose came out and called him out on it, which was amazing, and Dean wanted a match against uh, against Seth, so uh, Seth beat him in the match. Clean. Clean, uh, which of course he did. Dean is leaving. Yeah, how'd you like that sell at the end with the the, the curb stomp sell? Uh, it was over the top, very much. I liked like, it. Like the it was, rock. It was very much the vibe of like when Scott Hall got the stunner from Stone Cold and he flew like eighty feet in the air. Great. <laughs> it reminded me of that. <laughs> and then Nia Jackson Tamina came out uh, and uh, knocked Ambrose out of the ring. So that there's your setup for WrestleMania of her defeating him. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, you know what, man, what we did last week, we kind of just like hit like the main highlights of right, what happened. Right, yeah. So that's, that's what I'm going to do this week. Nia Jackson, Tamina Snuka beat Mickey James and Alexa Bliss. It was, you know, it was okay. <laughs> uh, I Baron- like Alexa Bliss. I like her. Uh, I think that, you know, she's, she's talented, but you know, when, when there's how, how to put it, uh, she's not super talented in the ring. She's amazing. Right. Online. When you've got people like Becky Lynch and uh, and Nia Jax and uh, Ronda Rousey in your promotion, people like Alexa Bliss, you know, it's uh, to me, it's a back burner. Like, don't pay much attention, could care less. Um, and maybe that's just me. You'll change your. I think you'll change your mind down the road a little bit because Alexa Bliss is, does like is above and beyond. Like her charisma makes up for what she can't do in the ring sometimes, and her yeah. size. So. I haven't seen a ton of her, so I'm I'm definitely in. Uh, one of my favorite things from Raw Dominic was uh, the Kurt Angle Baron Corbin match. It was great seeing Kurt. Was it? And, huh? Was it? That's interesting because I mean it was not good. Uh, Kurt is clearly too old. He he reminds me. You remember when Jimmy Snuka would make an appearance every once in a while in the nineties? Yeah. Um, that's what Kurt is reminding me of right now. He moves uh, very stiff. Yes, it just mm-hmm. like 
you can tell he's beat up. He was given some German suplexes, and it was like a little bit depressing. <laughs> well, did you see the one he gave to Elias in in the Rumble? Uh, no, I missed that he, part. Like it was bad. Like he made Elias land on it. It was not good. It was like he shouldn't be in there. <laughs> Kurt should. I love Kurt, but he should not be in there. I, he was bumping great. He was taking these these like you know snapping back whenever he would take a punch. You know, snapping back into the bump. But like I couldn't enjoy it. Because the whole time, like, his neck is like a stack of dimes. Like, I'm nervous for him, uh-huh. you know? Um, so, yeah, then uh, Bobby Lashley attacked Finn Balor, thereby setting up their WrestleMania awesome. match where, where Finn Balor will win the Intercontinental title. The Revival took on uh, two of my favorite podcasters out there, Zack Ryder <laughs> and Kurt Hawkins of the uh, the Major Wrestling Figure podcast, one of my favorites. Um, Elias, that segment was tremendous. Uh, another thing that made it like. Tell me about this because I don't know really anything about. I know they tried singing with my baby tonight or something like that. Yeah, it was basically. How would you book it if Elias uh, was was to come out uh, and then be interrupted? It was exactly that, you know. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So like, it was pretty run of the mill stuff. But since I'm a huge Jeff Jarrett, Mark, like I loved it. Uh, Elias, does it seem seem like Jeff Jarrett's? They're going to have a match? Does it seem like that? It does, and I'm psyched about it. I really hope that happens. Yeah. Jeff, Jeff Jarrett, by the way, tremendous shape still. Um, pretty good, yeah. He's looking great. Um, his punches look exactly like they did in, like, 1994, like, when he was hitting Elias. And, like, you sure? So the crowd is fully behind Elias the entire time. But when Jeff Jarrett started getting offense against him, they were popping, man. And, like, they, they got something there. They got well, they, th- now, did they change their tune? Pun intended, when uh, Elias kind of turned heel. (laughs) Well, like, so uh, when Elias came out, everybody was cheering for him. And they actually started to chant, we're not worthy. And it was hilarious. Yeah. Um, Because he was saying how, like, you know, they're all beneath him. And they were, like, agreeing with him. So that was great stuff. Um, But so then Jeff Jarrett came out. He got a major pop. He was getting offense against Elias. uh, Elias, major pop. Um, This is after he already, uh, Elias already broke a guitar over the road dog. Uh-huh. And uh, then he breaks it over Jeff Jarrett, and then they go back to cheering for Elias. So it's like, oh, it's a very, really? It's a very unique time in wrestling, man. Uh, I like it. It's, it was good. It was good stuff because I like Elias. I like Jeff Jarrett. So the idea that those guys are going to be booked in a match together, possibly for WrestleMania, it makes me psyched. It'd be, I've got a, I've got a feeling though that they're going to go, uh, they're going to go all Royal Rumble or in your house one on us and book uh, the Road Dog and Jeff Jarrett in a handicap match against Elias. I hope oh, they don't see. do that. I hope they don't do that. I got a feeling that's the route we're going to be taking. Because like the Road Dog and uh, Jeff are faces now, so it's like, what's the point of making them in the handicap match against the heel? So, mm-hmm. all right, so uh, qualifying match for. Uh, for the uh, Elimination Chamber, it was Liv Morgan and Sarah Logan. They beat uh, Natalia and uh, Dana Brooke. Okay, and that was supposed to be... Um, who was it? She got hurt. Oh, Ember Moon, but her elbow got hurt. So right. it was Dana Brooke instead. Um, um, and Braun Strowman and, and Drew McIntyre, exactly what you'd expect it to be. You know, so Drew, they got to they gotta do Drew a little bit better here. It's like he's <laughs> going to get... He's going to get leveled out just like everybody else. And he kind of is already going into that direction. So it's like uh, they got to do something to elevate him a little bit more. And I think putting him against Braun Strowman just seems stale and way overdone at this point. At this point. so. And then Lesnar beat the crap out of uh, Seth Rollins. Yeah. 
that you gave was him six F5s. Right. Right. Which after two, I'm like, that's enough. And then I'm like, oh, he's still going. Keep <laughs> on going here. <laughs> wow, he's, he's not stopping. After the fifth one, Seth Rollins was like, is that all you got? Uh, then he gave him a sixth one. And it's like, okay, like, you know, if we're buying into kayfabe, after like two of those, he should be like, he would need to go to the hospital. Yeah, it's like after out. Ap- After five, like, declared legally dead. So, but he's like, he's like, they got that last little bit of gumption in him, and he shouts, and then, oh, that sixth one is what did it, Dom. That's I think boy, if oh boy. you're at a point when you deliver six finishing moves, wrestling needs to like pump the brakes on that a little bit, just because it's like, all right, how what what can make a person stay down anymore? <laughs> it's it's the new false finish, man. Where it's like, you know, okay, we get it. False finishes are starting to ruin WrestleMania matches for me because they happen so often. I'm like, okay, that's enough. You know, it's it's fine. It's fine in the main event. But like, you know, when undercard people are doing false finishes, it's like we get it. You want to have your moment, but that's enough. When done right, they're exciting. But when they're Uh, dude, it's such a crutch. I'm sick of false finishes. Just have just have a damn match. Get the psychology in the ring. uh, Tell your story and get the hell out of there. Get the hell out of Dodge. That's what I'm saying. Um, This kind of for the most part, I think this kind of covered the Royal Rumble, too, for me. Um. Because there's, I guess, a few things I want to touch upon. Uh, what'd you think about Becky tapping out? Oh, I didn't even bring that part up about uh, about Becky and yeah, uh, she's Wanda. the biggest. <laughs> yeah, yeah uh, maybe my maybe my this. favorite part of Raw uh, actually was was that moment. You know what it, it made me think of Dominic the whole time they're in the ring. My my and I was like getting pumped up about this this WrestleMania match because it was making it's got the same vibe. As like Stone Cold taking on Kurt Angle, like this this badass dude, which Becky Lynch taking on this world class this world class athlete, and I'm like I'm like getting pumped up, like let's go, like I I want to see this match. Yeah. Now, okay, take my opinion out of it. That you what you know about me. What did you think of like uh, the whole Ronda Rousey segment, like before even Becky came out and everything like that. Well, she's she's not good on the mic like let's face it she's not but like that's not that's it's, it's not what she's there for uh she's like you know yeah no she's not good on the mic uh she needs some polish for sure she's got to sit down with some of the people who are better on, her spending some time with a guy like scott hall i think would be incredible incredibly beneficial to her career like somebody who's just good on the mic knows how to pop the crowd you get your lines in and then you know how to put people over um, I, I think that that would be beneficial for her, but that's not as important to me as the fact that like, she is a world-class athlete and, and she's, she's coming up. It's, it's, it's got the, uh, immovable object meets the unstoppable force. Who goes over? I have no idea. I have no idea who they put over in that situation. And that's why I'm so psyched about it. So the way I feel about Rhonda is that I think she's a very good promo. I think she is, but you have a script in front of her, and like I posted on Twitter too, she's an athlete first and foremost. She's not an actor. She doesn't. So when you implement scripts into the equation, where wrestlers themselves still struggle with that and don't get their personalities over, you have an athlete coming in, you know, trying to remember lines and what she's supposed to say. And sure, if she gets flustered, she still might get flustered, even with. The fact that she doesn't have a script in front of her, but you add that into the mix, it's going to be a lot harder for her to say stuff that she wants to remember. Plus, you implement – and you mentioned this earlier about the crowd and when the crowd kind of 
uh, kind of turns for the heel, even though they're supposed to cheer for a babyface, like with the Elias situation, like they still cheered after Elias attacked Jeff Jarrett or whatever. You you have that dynamic now where like Vince has trained a lot of the audience to be like, uh, okay, I'm forcing this person upon you. So you have to cheer for this person. This is the one I want you to cheer for. You have that dynamic going for us. And Ronda Rousey is a victim of that because she is talented. Like she's suffering from all the sins that Vince has made with like over pushing Roman Reigns and over pushing John Cena where she's, really good and sure there's some heelish aspects to her that make her really really good at what she how she delivers like because kind of like she was like i'm the champion when you were still on the wrestlemania pre-show i was made eventing and all that stuff she was saying all that stuff but and you can make it play out as like kind of almost in the heel position but like i think she's really getting a tough break amongst fans and amongst a lot of social media where everybody's like oh she's an awful promo she's not an awful promo i think she's actually a very good promo and like it's just She's new to this. She's only been a year in, not even. And like she's thrown to the wolves to 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 a wide audience like this to and expected to remember lines that she's supposed to say for how long, whatever it may be. And then she's got a hot act like Becky going against her too, which is great. I love Becky and like this whole and it's very exciting to see these two clash. And uh I think Becky's gonna go over at WrestleMania, but who well, knows? you know, I, I compare her to uh, Ronda Rousey to Kurt Angle all the time, and she is very much like him, except Kurt Angle was always a tremendous promo. He always did great in the ring. Um, Kurt Angle also didn't have a script, though, that he had to memorize. That's, that's what I was just going to say, is they gave Kurt Angle bullet points. So WWE's not doing her any favors by by not allowing her to just be her and go out there and talk that shit and, and get in the ring and, and show what she's got. Um, so yeah, and no, I, I think you're 100% correct. I think that she could be more. Um, but that being said, uh, okay. If, if this is the new structure, then if this is what we're going to do, then how about is to get her with a manager who can talk? That's what they did with Bobby Lashley and it's working. He's got this little pipsqueak with him and who annoys people. And I, I like what they're doing with Bobby Lashley. Do you yeah. really? I do get him, get him this little guy who you just want to see, get somebody slap the crap out of <laughs> Um, but he's got Bobby Lashley with him, so you can't, you know. So it's it's good stuff. So they gotta get they gotta get her a mouthpiece. I don't think she necessarily she may be a mouthpiece. I would love to see her team with Heyman. Like if she's gonna if you're gonna make her go heel, put her with Heyman. <laughs> Absolutely, you got two. It's a layup. You got two UFC per, uh, personalities there: Brock Lesnar and yeah. uh, and Ronda Rousey. Why not put her with Heyman? I tell you what, this is what I want to see. This is what I want to see is. Either you have Becky go over at WrestleMania, then either that night or the next night on Raw, you have Ronda like go and congratulate Becky. She turns full blown heel with Heyman, and if Ronda wants to go away and like you know for a time being, because that's the neck that's the big rumor too, Marcus, is that she's done after WrestleMania. Did you hear all that? I did. Okay, so like if she does want to go away for a time period or whatever, then let it happen. But you still got that heel in your back pocket that you a top heel that like Paul Heyman can work with and all that stuff. That would be a that would be a perfect I think finish to WrestleMania. I'm so, with it. I'm yeah. with it. Let's That's make it happen. Cool. Call us up, Vince. <laughs> we'll help you. We'll help you out. These two degenerate brothers will help you out here <laughs> on this D-list podcast. <laughs> <laughs> For now, we're gonna emerge, Dom. Right. 
Right. Now, Marcus, before... Okay, this is the last thing we're going to talk about before we hit uh, the Retro Rumble here, is you're kind of Nostra Marcus this week. Have you thought about that? I did, Dom, because Nia Jax got into the Men's Royal Rumble. Right. Um, and how about it? Uh, that dude, it's smart. It's good stuff in small doses. Do it just like they did it. Get it, get her in the Royal Rumble. Let her beat Dean, Dean Ambrose. Absolutely, let's do it. Uh, but then lay off. Lay off for like six months. And then do it again. And just make it a, a every once in a while attraction. And, by the way, the woman doesn't always have to go over if you if you have a one-on-one conflict. Like, let's say Nia Jax, six months after WrestleMania, uh, she's going to take on Finn Balor. There's nothing wrong with letting Finn Balor beat her. Um, it's a work, everybody. If you were offended watching her get RKO'd in the ring, then you need to re-evalu- reevaluate your wrestling fandom. Uh, because it's it's a work. Take it easy. Nobody's actually hurting a woman. She's in by kayfabe. She's a badass, right? By kayfabe, she belongs in that Royal Rumble with the men. What are they supposed to do? Like pretend to not hit her? That's more offensive to me if I were a woman. Well, offen- uh, the being offended is one thing, but what about when we talked about this last week? What about is it damaging the product overall? Because you're like, you're. I don't want to say uh, you're overflowing things into into different you're mixing it all together you know that's I mean? why you, that's why you do it once every six months that's why you do it in tiny little doses just like that because it's a cool attraction and you know what i buy it she's she's a badass yeah i mean you could but you could totally imagine her eliminating somebody like ray mysterio or mustafa ali or anybody yeah. like that in the rumble so no or like you know if you put her up against finn balor it's like okay like he's just he weighs what probably about as much as i do like maybe 190 not even um you know she went so, my ass <laughs> yeah so let's see it let's see what happens yeah so no uh props to you marcus that's uh it's always a it's still going to be an interesting topic and i think that's really what makes wrestling so interesting is those the divisive opinions where it's like you know some people feel one way like no women shouldn't wrestle men and then yeah mix it all up what's what's yeah. the harm so having that and like people just get so offended by like Hey, you know, I have this different opinion than you. Oh, well, that makes you this or that makes you that. I listen, folks. Let's all shake hands in the middle here and enjoy the product. You know, whether it's so. Know. So I told my wife about it after after it happened, the whole Nia Jax thing. I told her on like Monday, uh-huh. and and at first her reaction was, uh, "Why would they do that? That's ridiculous. Why they do that?" And I was like, "Wait a minute. Think about it now." The whole thing's a work, and everybody knows it's a work by now. Nobody, nobody's out there thinking that wrestling is real anymore. So the whole thing, you you walk into the re, the arena under the preconceived notion that it's all a work. So there's that. But then also, how cool is it to have a woman take some shots from a man and stand back up and want to go? And she was like, "You you're making a good point." Yeah, uh, unprofessional, Dom. I'm getting phone calls left and right here. You know, I wonder who it is. Maybe it's Tom Savini. <laughs> but but so after i said that she was like i'm on board that sounds cool and it is it's it's cool everybody just needs to chill out chill out everybody it's okay mm-hmm. everything's gonna all be right roll rumble 92 let's do it 92 oh man it's tough because i wrote a lot of notes let's let's not linger too long though dom we've we've gone we've got like 15 minutes so we've been at this for an hour we want to george costanza you know end on a good note here that's right all right so royal rumble 1992 january 19th 1992, from, where was it hailing from, Marcus? I don't pay attention. Albany, New York, at the Knickerbocker Arena. 
And we started off, how hot fire was the Vince McMahon opening there? Did you watch that part? <laughs> Dude, that's that's actually in my notes where I was like, when was that going to end? It felt like a punishment. <laughs> Dude, <laughs> I <laughs> like so like he's like announcing the big names like Sid Justice, The Undertaker, and then by the end it's like the Berserker, the Repo Man. It's like, dude, enough. <laughs> Cut it out. <laughs> Vince, for the love of God. I think that's the most I mean, we've all seen Vince fired up like in that mode. But like I think that's like him at his peak fired upness. <laughs> it's that mm-hmm. part. Oh. Um, have you did you see at the beginning of this NFL season, Marcus? They did the exact same intro with NFL players for their football team with NFL quarterbacks. Did they? They did. It's hilarious. They like go. They run down like this. Have this guy doing this Vince McMahon voice with those kind of graphics like floating in, naming all these quarterbacks, and like they're going like uh, Aaron Rodgers, and then they're saying Tom Brady, and then they go, and then they go Alex Smith of the Washington Redskins. <laughs> <laughs> you you have to send me this link if this is on YouTube. It's on Twitter somewhere. I'll have to try to find. Yeah, it. I can't please, remember who. Please find it for me. Oh, it's hilarious. So, but yeah, by the by the end of that, I was like, Vince, stop. <laughs> Cut it out, please. Why, how is he, you know, so good at producing others, but he can't produce himself to the point where he's <laughs> like, okay, this is obnoxious now. And then he's just going in <laughs> right to the arena, like, still screaming, like, there's a Royal Rumble 92. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was brutal. Uh, but not as brutal as Babyface Owen coming out in that next match. Oh, Wait, what didn't uh, you like about that? Was I don't like tired? Owen's Babyface at all. Owen Hart is like he should have never been anything but a heel. And Vince caught on later. He was a heel for the like the remainder of his career. Um, you know, after he started feuding with Bret Hart. And it, later, he was he turned face like when the when the DX turned like screw job and all that stuff. He was yeah, but but DX were those fringe heel baby faces. So it's he I don't think still you know, going though. After I that. Don't know. No, uh, he became a nugget, dude. I know this. I just watched the '98 Rumble. He was a baby face. People popped crazy for him. He got the yeah. second biggest pop behind Steve Austin. I, I don't like him, baby face. He's a heel. Mm. Now, what's your favorite Owen Hart nickname that he got? Uh, the the Blackheart. I, I think yeah, I think that's cool. Yeah, I think that's really cool. You know, the Rocket is like, you know, that's how that, that was his nickname when he was feuding with Brett. So I have fond memories of it because that's one of my favorite feuds in the history of the business. But uh, but no, the Blackheart is just cool. When I first heard that, I was like, why hasn't anybody said this before? It's neat. Like, that's a cool idea. Now, my timeline's kind of mixed up. Was this New Heart Foundation after uh, High Energy with him and Coco Beware, or was it before? This was after Coco Beware, I believe. Okay. Because yeah. I just found it weird that, like, I totally kind of forgot about this era of the heart foundation <laughs> like where well, that's wearing those it's pants. forgettable and trash they they were both dressed up like sparky plug bob holly out there and uh yeah it was it was junk dominic and they were they were facing the midnight express which didn't do the, the, the orient express the orient express that's yeah, it please. a little more risque with the... <laughs> some some respect please <laughs> uh but yeah that was it was trash dominic it was garbage so uh, I I like Babyface on and his moves were very impressive and he stood out and uh overall like yeah I don't know I don't know what you didn't like about that. It was a it was a good opener. I don't like him as a babyface. He he looks like a heel. Like the the look on his face all the time. I'm like he's a heel. I don't buy into it. Yeah, I think he could do both. I really did. I I disagree. Mm, we're at a pass here. 
So uh, uh, I'll tell you what wasn't junk though. Dom was Gorilla and Brain on the mic. They were oh. they magic. So what did you like about what in that particular match? Did you say did something stand out? Uh, not during that match, but as we go on, I've got a few brain. Well, something I did want to mention. I I mean I love Gorilla and Bobby, but I could only maybe pick out two moves that the Gorilla mentioned throughout that whole match. <laughs> <laughs> that, he, that he that he made word of I, and one was called head knocker <laughs> the other was crucifix <laughs> uh it's it, you know as we go on here i've got some great bobby heenan oh quotes. yeah me too, one line me oh. oh my god he was cracking me up so we go next into that uh who won that new heart foundation yes yeah new heart foundation uh so next match we go into is going to be roddy piper and the mountie oh. a storyline was Bret Hart had a 104-degree fever, and the Mountie beat him at a house show like two days before. Yep. And Piper interfered. Mountie got the upper hand. And here we are with the match between Roddy Piper and the Mountie. Marcus, what did you think of the Mountie promo with Jimmy Hart? Uh, it's bad. Not good. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I like Jimmy Hart, but, man, he's he can be – and it's, it's probably by design, but he's like – you just want to wring his neck sometimes, um, yeah. and that was that was one of those moments. Super um, duper over the top <laughs> that round. Oh yeah. my! His laugh at the end, I was like, nobody in the history of the world has ever laughed like that. <laughs> not even the most evil die, not even Snidely Whiplash, if he is in a real human form, right. would laugh like that. I couldn't laugh like that, like if I was on, if I if I took some helium and then some coke. There's no <laughs> way I could do it. There's no way. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'll tell you this, Dom. Whoever decided to put the strap on the Mountie, you should have been fired for even suggesting it. Transitional that's, champion, Marcus. Dominic, that's the Intercontinental title. It needs a little bit more prestige. I know it's been shit on in the, the in recent years, but my God, back then it, it meant something. Yeah, but I mean, I don't know. It's he's fine for a transitional champ. Let, so let's, why why would, here's my question? Why do you go from a transitional champ to another transitional champ? Because Roddy Piper goes on to have that incredible match with Bret Hart at, at WrestleMania. Uh, so it's like okay, let's put so, on Roddy so we can then take it off of Roddy again. Because you want a headline match like that. I uh, but okay, why even have the Mountie have it in the first place? So. Roddy Piper could win it and not beat Brett, and so you still build to that match later on at the WrestleMania. All right. Well, I'll, uh, Roddy Piper beating somebody else would have meant more to me than him defeating some dude who was wearing a, a button-up red shirt. Well, Marcus, oh. before uh, they, it was kind of an elevated squash match, anyways. At that, like, it didn't last very long. Roddy Piper won very easily. So, what do you want? What do you want? Well, <laughs> speaking short... of Piper, though, Dominic, uh, did you notice at the end of his... Uh, oh, my God, promo? yeah. No, this, that's what I wrote down. He had some uh, quite the lines in that promo. <laughs> uh, the last thing he said was, I think you've been dreaming, and it's uh, and they've all been wet, too. <laughs> <laughs> you could tell. You could tell Gene was ready to make a comment after that one. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Gene was ready. <laughs> <laughs> he had one locked and loaded, but I think he held oh. off. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, I enjoyed Piper. Piper... Uh, I'll probably say this again at some point, but Piper was my favorite part of this whole show. Mm-hmm. Favorite part. Um, so Piper wins very easily. Um, then we have probably the worst match. <laughs> Unquestionably the, the worst match on the card. Dominic, who? It was the Bushwhackers with Jameson. <laughs> who the hell is Jameson? That's that's in my notes. Who the hell was Jameson? <laughs> Those exact words. <laughs> I, I thought you were... Oh, go ahead. Look, you looked him up? 
I looked him up afterwards, and I still didn't know because usually I'll be like, "Oh yeah, he managed that guy in this other or promotion." Into that later on, or yeah, yeah but nope, no idea, no freaking clue. Well, I tell you what, Jameson was like, if uh, Jerry Lewis took a dump in his pants, that's what it oh, was. Oh my god, yeah, <laughs> yeah. had a constant dump in his pants. It was awful, and uh, it made me uncomfortable. <laughs> it was too much. Too much. Yeah, and, you know, it's like there's something wrong with this guy, and uh, I feel like we're exploiting it. That's what it <laughs> felt like to me. <laughs> and you know what? You already had slapstick with the freaking bushwhackers in there in the oh, first yeah. place. Oh, yeah. Like, How can we make this entertaining? Like, <laughs> uh, you got, like, a bunch of full-grown men out there acting like idiots. That's not enough. All right, let's get you this got, guy in there. You got two New Zealand guys licking kids' faces. What more do you want? <laughs> right. Dom, if somebody licked a kid's face in today's wrestling, how do you think that would go over? I think it'd be okay. I don't think that would be okay at all. Marcus, did you have any Bobby uh, Heenan zingers in this one written down? Uh, yes, I did. And it's, <laughs> I uh, did too. <laughs> my, my favorite thing that Heenan said was when he said that Jameson's parents ran away from home. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> was, that was the line of the night, in my opinion. <laughs> Mine was uh, him implying that uh, he was paying for Jameson's welfare and he was upset about it. <laughs> <laughs> Dominic, how about uh, who? Were, what was the name of the tag team they were facing? By the, the way, the Beverly Brothers. With well, oh, who? Jimmy Hart. No, Lanny Poffo. Oh, that's right. Jeez, the genius. Well, the other Bobby Heenan line. I don't want to overlook this because this was great too. Is like when <laughs> when Jameson got punched. Uh, by the the genius uh bobby Heenan says all we need is for jameson to start bleeding (laughs) (laughs) he he also said like hopefully he killed him or something like that (laughs) (laughs) or no he said he didn't hit him hard enough he's still alive (laughs) oh is that what he said (laughs) something like that oh boy bobby Heenan. oh fantastic can't get any better than bobby he was tremendous. Uh, how about the finish of that match, losing to a double axe handle? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> how how do you justify putting Piper on before this match? Well, you need something to cool it down, I suppose, you know. Oh, man. That's know. that's when everybody goes to get their hot dogs and popcorn. And sh- uh, well, I tell you what, I wasn't... The next match, too, didn't really rev my engines to a whole lot either. It was uh, the LOD and the Natural Disasters. Do you have any thoughts oh, on that? Yeah. Uh, no, I actually didn't even take any notes. It was Race? just... It wasn't. It wasn't good. Um, I think that you know, in theory, it should be good. You got these two muscly guys against these two like really heavy guys, uh, and it's like, okay, who's gonna win this this battle? Like the the just enormous people or the guy who pack, the guys who packed on muscle and go to the gym. Uh, but you know, by the end of it, when they when they all got out of the ring, I was like, oh, okay, double count out. But it wound up just being uh, the the chubby guys got back in the ring and just the LOD got counted out. Mm. Well, I do. I will say that uh, John Tenta's uh, earthquake, his reaction backstage was kind of hilarious. Yeah, I mean, there's a there's a lot of hilarity back then. You got to give that up. Yeah, that's that was one good aspect. Uh, then they cut to another promo about with Roddy Piper, which made me. I love the whole storyline going throughout the whole show about oh, Roddy's won the Intercontinental Belt, but he can also still win the World Title. I liked that kind of whole dynamic that they went with. And that was an interesting story to just follow along with throughout the whole the whole show. I thought so, too. Uh-huh. So, HBK's promo. Marcus, any thoughts on that? This was right after he turned on Marty Jannetty. It was that? the night after, yeah. The week uh-huh. after. It was the week after. Oh, was it? I thought it was yeah. the night after. A week after. 
Okay. It was good stuff, man. Um, you know, you can see why Vince decided to go with him, not just because of his moves, but like he's a good promo. He's got a great look. You know, uh, his look I, was good. Like for the early nineties, dude. Per, could you imagine if somebody with that exact look, mullet and all, uh, stupid pleather jacket and all, came in today? I'd be rooting for that guy. Hey, you kind of got Brian Pillman Jr. He's yeah. got that look. He's got he does. Mm-hmm. There would there would be another great AEW signing. Hey, there you go. Ooh. But uh, yeah, no, uh, his promo was good. And then what we get next to Marcus? What was next? Royal Rumble, dumb. Yeah, uh, Flair. Well, before that, Flair had that promo too that he he did. And did you notice he said that's the bottom line at the end of it? No, oh, no, I didn't. He did. He that's said good that's stuff. the bottom line. Uh, and then okay, then we went to the yeah the the clips of uh, the early promos. Any thoughts on any of those going through? Not really. It was no. just like uh, that. That is one cool thing that WWE did. And as I listen to Bruce Pritchard's podcast more, it's I get more interested in it because he'll talk about how like they'll just do all those in one day. You know, they'll be yeah. like, okay, who's next? Get in here. And you know, that's it's essentially the guy just improvs, comes in and improvs, and they're like, all right, that was a good one. Good. Who's next? <laughs> Let's roll with that. Yeah. yeah. So uh, it's uh, you know watching that. That was my big takeaway from those. I liked. Uh... For some reason, the line Macho Man just said, "I'm going back this afternoon." Yeah, <laughs> like <laughs> uh, I. The main thing that I noticed also was that uh, Paul Bearer's eye makeup was just on point. Oh man, those, those yeah. eyebrows were something else. He looked like he had a teenage girl do that right before they went to the mall. <laughs> well, uh, the Repo Man uh, had a little bit of airtime there too. And uh, did you know, Marcus? I uh, was in the same bathroom with the Repo Man during. Pittsburgh at KSWA Fan Fest. I did. What a moment, Dom. I was nearly blackout drunk at that point. And you'd I, have to be. I said I said I remember opening up my heart to him and saying <laughs> in the bathroom saying hey, like, man. man, I used to watch you a lot when I was a kid. It was like, and I think he genuinely appreciated my uh, heartfelt uh feelings at that Oh point. sure. Yeah, who doesn't want to hear that? Well he's got yeah. a shout. <laughs> <laughs> He was all zipped up at that point. <laughs> all right, just your yeah. was out then. That's cool. No, I was. We were both in normal clothing position. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so the rumble kicks rumble. off. Before that, we had Jack Tunney introduce everything. Doesn't Jack Tunney look like Matt Locke and Fred Gwynn had a baby together? Yes, and he's not good on the mic. No, he uh, sucks. Jack Tunney is awful. Why they would give Jack Tunney a live mic? I don't know. <laughs> he really struggled there. Right, that was not good. Uh, but I'll tell you, the Dom, the Rumble match was good. Um, and what I wrote down another Bobby Heenan thing for that. Uh, okay. And that's when, uh, you know, Davy Boy Smith was number one, and then out came uh, Ted DiBiase. Yeah. And, and uh, they he came out with Sherry Martell, who was like wearing a very, she was very busty as she was coming out. She she was showing a lot of skin. You could see a lot of her boobs. And uh, they, as they kind of like showed Sherry Martell, Heenan said, boy, look at them, making it sound like he's referring to DiBiase and Sherry, but he was very clearly referring to her boobs. <laughs> oh, that's hilarious. <laughs> I did not pick up on that. <laughs> yes, if uh, you got to go back and watch that moment, because it is it, it made me pop in my living room last night. <laughs> that's <so good. laughs> oh, man. Well, uh, yeah. So uh, British Bulldog drew number one. 
And then out came DiBiase, like you just said. And mm-hmm. even just DiBiase walking out, I was like, dude, that guy's got such a presence. He's like, oh, he had, he had swag. You can oh, see why Vince was behind him. And did you, I'm sure, I feel like you and I have discussed this, but that was Vince's gimmick. If, if ever he, yeah. oh, yeah. If he broke into the business, he wanted to be the million dollar man. So he, he completely came up with that gimmick. And was there anybody better for that than Ted DiBiase? No. No way, dude. And the, the crazy thing is, is Ted DiBiase was a great baby face in Mid-South, too. So it's like the guy was a, like a jack of all trades and a master of many. Why why DiBiase never got a world title run, I will never know. Right. No, man. And could you believe the, the match starts and Gorilla Monsoon brings up that Vic Martell was the longest reigning person at that point for 53 minutes in a rumble. How unbelievable is that? that? That's pretty That's wild. wild, isn't it? Yeah, pretty wild. So then Flair comes out at number three. Then our boy Jerry Sags, who we mentioned earlier. Mm-hmm. Sags is gone pretty quick after that. Haku comes out, scuffles with Flair a little bit before he gets tossed out. Uh, and the Bulldog is just cleaning house at this point. Like He's on the run. And then out comes HBK. So we get our first uh, interaction with Flair and HBK. Yo, so, tremendous stuff. Really good stuff. And so here's here's the last note that I well second to last note that I took uh, and that's that like back then in those days everybody had like and you can't say the same today but everybody back then had this like larger than life feel to them everybody in the ring even like the the guys like the berserker coming out you know <laughs> it, like you look at that dude and you're like that's a star like it, Vince is making these guys stars I wouldn't go that I, far I don't think the berserkers. <laughs> I, for me, I was like completely invested. Like, oh, how cool would it have been to see this guy fight this guy? Or like, oh man, it would have been cool with this combination. I mean, you know, obviously some stars shine brighter than others. I, I, I didn't pop for Skinner when he came out. <laughs> Nobody <laughs> popped for Skinner. I was gonna say that later on. I, I doubt if his relatives popped when he came out. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so it, but you know, still, it's you can't say that today. Um, and it's yeah, man, it's I, I miss those days. It was very exciting. I can imagine uh, Skinner's family just being at the concession when Skinner gets announced that he's coming out, and they're like, oh, we'll see him when we get out." Yeah, we'll see him. We'll see him at IHOP afterwards. <laughs> <laughs> so then, yeah, uh, Flair and HBK mix it up. Tito Santana got a pretty big pop, too, the El Matador. He did. He did. Him. Uh-huh. That's what I'm saying. And that's around the point when I wrote this note, uh, when Tito Santana came out, I was like, look, everybody's a star. Yeah. Like everybody makes a difference to the fans, and it was—it's cool. You can't say I enjoyed Tito too in that kind of role. Well, Tito, I always kind of liked it when he was in the mid '80s and stuff like that too. Team with Bruno, yeah. all that stuff. Then you had the Barbarian come out. Uh, he mixed it up. I think he partnered with Flair just briefly before you know, Flair did dirty on him too. And then uh, Texas Tornado number nine. I yeah. love. I love. Make, please, please don't run down all the entrance for the love of God. All right. <laughs> the love of everything good in the world. Speaking of all things good in the world, uh, later on in the match when Flair hit the Undertaker with a low blow, and the Undertaker didn't no know how sold to sell it. it. Yeah. He had he had no idea how to sell it because he was like he was like somewhat affected, but he was like, okay, my character would not crotch <laughs> or sell too much. So he he looked the same way that I look like whenever I get mildly bad news. I'm like, oh, ooh. <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> oh man. Well, what do I do about this? <laughs> like, if my wife tells me she needs me to go somewhere after work, that's my reaction, is what The Undertaker did. I'm just like, oh. Oh, God. Ah, damn. Marcus, did you notice a lot of press slams happening? Where, like, uh, 
they lift over it. They had complete opportunity to toss that man over the top rope. I, I thought that too. The British bulldog is like picking people over his head. I'm like, throw him into the crowd. <laughs> Just toss him away. <laughs> Now's your chance. <laughs> um, what else did I like about this match? Uh, oh, okay, yeah. Roddy Piper coming out. And then them playing up their history, like Flair and his history back with uh, Crockett Promotions and stuff. Was good. Yeah, watching those two duel it out was great because you know how tight they are in real life. Right. And then probably my favorite moment, too, was when Jake the Snake came out, too. And you had just a sequence of the, all three of them fighting each other. Yeah, uh, dude. That was probably my favorite moment of the whole Rumble there. Love Jake the Snake. Good stuff. It was really good stuff. I, I, don't, I don't care if he didn't uh, want to meet me at... at uh... <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't me specifically, but I, I mentioned it on a podcast earlier. He was like, it's, he, he was just shoving people away. Like, <laughs> He's just next? like, come on. Let's Who's finish next? this shit up. Let's finish mm-hmm. this up. Uh, so then uh, Savage came out later, too. And it was interesting because he eliminated uh, Jake. And then he leapt over the top rope. So I think I, I wanted to say that that was part of the storyline. Was that how we were supposed to get eliminated? But then the taker taker kept throwing him back into the ring. What was up with that? What do you think? I I don't know. Yeah. What what could possibly be the psychology with that? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know either. That's another one of those moments. Let's not try to apply logic to an illogical situation. I did want to say the take taker was really good at playing undead at that point. Yeah. Just overall, like how he handled how would his a body. corpse react to a ball shot, Dom? <laughs> Confused. He he nailed it. That's how you do it. <laughs> <laughs> every time i've struck a corpse in the nuts that's what they do they just don't give a shit <laughs> you just go around it hitting mm-hmm. hitting corpses in the, the canal <laughs> i'm gonna start now let's see what happens <laughs> let's, uh, i want to see the reaction <laughs> bring it up the berserker again i just feel that the berserker gimmick itself was made taylor made for if vince ever got his hands on bruiser brody like oh we got him in let's put him in a viking outfit i think i think that's his like uh oh you're probably right uh, that's <laughs> like what he would have done with bruiser brody is what you're saying right yeah, yeah. why did everybody have to be a thing i know you why know? couldn't he just have been bruiser brody and now though there's not enough things now everybody's just like a dude yeah everybody's like, just got a name and yeah. they like to have fun or he burns it down <laughs> right it's like I love Kurt Hawkins, but it's like okay, what what's his gimmick? He loses. Yeah. Is that his? Is <laughs> that's that his, his gimmick. Yeah. Yeah. So that does that's not cool. Right. Uh, Duggan was out there. I I loved how Duggan at some points he kind of noticed the crowd would settle down a little bit, so then he'd just get the USA chance going. Right. <laughs> he got a, a monster pop too, and he, he came did. out. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, we talked about Skinner already. Why the hell did they name the Iron Sheik Mustafa? Uh, wasn't he doing? Wasn't he doing that uh, crap with uh, Sergeant Slaughter back in those days? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I, I was very confused by that. Um, Sid Marcus, you're a big fan of Sid. He came out twenty nine. Yeah. What? Uh, do you have any thoughts on Sid in this match? Uh, I mean, you know, you could see where the Vince Vince loves Sid, and he always did, because um, he's he's enormous and he's jacked up. Um, so you could kind of see what, like what the what his his thoughts were on him, you know, by by this placement in the match. It got down to Sid, Flair, and uh, Hogan. So that that tells you a lot about how how Vince felt about all three of those guys. Yeah. Um. That was the final four. Yeah. 
Yeah, but like, you know, to me, logically following that, it's like, okay, who are you setting up Hogan to face? The Nature Boy uh, to see like, okay, you were the champion down south. I've I have mostly been the champion up here, but now you're the champion. Let's go, you know, like let's see who the man is. Uh, but then he ultimately, of course, wound up going with the the thing with Sid. And it's like, okay, what are you doing then? Like, why, why even are you just throwing shit against the wall till something sticks? Wasn't that a contractual situation though? Partially, I don't, I don't remember what the situation is surrounding it, but it's like, why would you not put Hulk Hogan in the ring with Ric Flair? It doesn't matter. That's any- people. That's the dream match people were clamoring for at that point. That would have been one of the biggest matches in the history of the business. Yeah, I, I agree with that. Um, but uh, what did I want to say to you? Was that ending like? Hogan didn't Hogan kind of seem like a bit of a, a prick. Like that's he, my that's that's my final note. Prick. Yeah. Yeah, that's my final note. Is, <laughs> right. That, that was a real heel move. That was heel move. Yeah, it's like you're mad that you got eliminated in a match where the where off, every man is for himself. The the objective is to eliminate others. Yeah. And it's like okay, you're not good enough, so you're gonna cheat. Is that right. it? Yeah. Yeah. You let the heel win. <laughs> you let the heel win, Hogan. Right. The but. My, and you could see, like, he, he, like, helped pull him out of the ring at the end and stuff. Uh, and, uh-huh. it's, uh, you know, for, if you haven't watched it in a while, Hogan, you know, pulls Sid out of the ring while Flair eliminates him, thereby Flair wins. Yeah. Um, and it's like Hogan just got eliminated by Sid. Right. And so it's like, Hogan's getting you back, brother. Yeah. It's, so, yeah, got to get the old sh- shine back on the Hulkster. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it was frustrating. Uh, but, you know, it's that's that. That's Hogan, man. Um and it's it's kind of that's the trajectory. That's if if you could summarize his entire career, that's it right there. <laughs> you know, it's like hey. he gets his no matter what. Hulk Hogan, <laughs> he's, he's gonna leave looking like the man. <laughs> well, where do you rank this among your Royal Rumbles that you've seen? Uh, I would I'd put it up there for sure, man. Um, you know, certainly, I I would say top three. Okay. Yeah. Right, top three for sure. Yeah, I think number one might be the, uh, uh, what is it, 94 Rumble? Uh, oh, the really? Double, 94? The double elimination moment. I I just remember thinking that was so cool and how Bret Hart is such a good athlete that he was able to, like, coordinate it, and they literally touch it exactly the same moment. It's like, if you had 100 shots to do that, you'd maybe get it 80 or uh, 20 out of... 80 times would be remarkable. But if you, <laughs> if you, if you did the 20% chance of, of nailing it, and they, they got it. Well, Marcus, let's not pull any punches here. Part of the reason you like that rumble is because Diesel eliminated, what, 11 people? Uh, that would actually be the 1993 Royal Rumble, Dominic. Was it? Oh. It was. So uh, why don't you just ball up your fist and punch yourself <laughs> right in the face? <laughs> oh, well, okay. I stayed corrected. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Are you sure? I don't I'm, think so. I'm pretty sure. I do not think so. I think it was 94 Rumble, man. No, it was 93, because that's when Diesel, I think, had first debuted, and he didn't have the Diesel on his on his chest yet. It was just black, completely black trunks. He didn't debut at the 93 Rumble, did he? No, he didn't no. debut there. He debuted at, like, a house show, but I think that the, it was shortly after he debuted. No, Mark, I'm, I'm willing to, I think I'm willing to bet, like, five bucks that it was 94 Rumble. I'm looking it up, Dom. Look it up, dude. Look it up. Boy, right. you are going to eat, eat your own fist there, sir. Ball your own fist up and punch yourself <laughs> in the face. <laughs> I tell you what. Uh, I don't know. Okay, you can go on, though. Okay, uh, 
one last thing I wanted to say about the ninety or the nineteen ninety two Rumble is we had that classic Mean Gene line at the end. Put that cigarette out. Yes. <laughs> Put that cigarette out. Tremendous moment. Tremendous. All right. All right. Hey. Fair enough. It was the ninety four Rumble. Yeah. But baby. that wasn't why I liked it. Subconsciously, that's what is why you liked it. No, I I love that coordinated moment at the end. It made the whole match. Uh, my favorite. I'm gonna have to do it, man. It used to be the '98 Rumble. It's this one. It's '92. Oh, that's funny. I don't remember even asking your opinion. Well, oh, this is my <laughs> show. We wouldn't have a show if it wasn't for me here. So I'll keep my opinion. <laughs> no, it, it was good, man. It was yeah. very good. That says something too, because '98 Rumble. I really liked that one a lot. So, and I just think it was so weird to see all these guys, like legends, just in that Royal Rumble environment it was. Very cool to see. Like it was, you know, Roddy Piper, Jake. I mean, just countless people, countless stars yeah. in there. A who's who? A who's who? A really who's who? Veritable who's who? Mm-hmm. So, okay, new segment. We'll close this out here pretty quick. Uh, Marcus, it's the ECW draft time. I would at this point in time, I typically play music, but I don't know our situation. <laughs> We're allowed to play music. Oh, how many are we each choosing, Dom? The rules are. 15 picks total. Uh, we'll do this over the course of uh, how many? Three picks a week, so five weeks. We'll do this over the course of that. Uh, 15 picks. You do 12 wrestlers and three tag teams of ECW. All right. So, so Marcus, do you have a coin? No, I'll flip my phone. Heads or flip tails? Let's go heads. I'm going heads. It's a tail. Whoa, Marcus with the first overall pick. So we'll do this over the course of five weeks, like I said. Uh, all ECW guys. Marcus, I think the one stipulation can be, like, they've had to have wrestled. And it can't be, like, a one-off, like, somebody like a Scott Hall or something like that either. You know what I mean? Right. So, yeah, you got to keep that into play. But otherwise, you know, have at it. You got first overall pick. All right, Dom. Well, I'm going with the man who embodied the spirit of the company. Um, when I was a kid and I thought about ECW, I thought about this guy. Uh, incredible in the ring. He was an absolute maniac. Um, and he has the scars to prove it. He, I don't think he's a good person in real life. I saw him at a Starbucks once. Sabu. Sabu is your first overall pick. My first overall pick, Dom. He had the scars all over his body. He has some of the most iconic moments in the history of the promotion. The guy is, he is ECW all the way. Wow, that's unbelievable. I'm really shocked by that. Yeah, man. Very shocked. Going Sabu. I think he embodies ECW. I'm changing my pick. I had somebody lined up. Go ahead. I'm going to go right now. I'll go with somebody that's pretty definitive with that name. And it's his tag team partner. I'm going with Rob Van Dam. I knew you were going RVD first. That wasn't my... No, it wasn't going to be mine. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. So there. Right. Huh? How many do we each get this week? Three. Three. Mm-hmm. All right, Dom, hey, I got to go. Tag team counts as one, too, so just keep that in mind. Shout okay. Out a little bit. Well, I got to go with uh, my favorite ECW character of all time. You know exactly who I'm picking. One of my favorite wrestlers of all time, uh, Human Suplex Machine. Taking people to Suplex City before it was a thing. I'm talking about Taz. Mm, Taz is good. I like him a lot. Uh, he was such a badass too around that time. Jeez, oh man. If they, if he would have been brought into WCW to end Goldberg's streak back in those days, I'd have bought it hook, hook, line, and sinker. He's only five ten. Who cares? 
He, Dude. Let's have him put Goldberg to sleep and win that title. Holy crap, man. Him coming out at the Rumble, that pop he got was unbelievable. And just, Dude. he was such a hot act at that point, too. The greatest debut, I think, in the history of wrestling that I've seen. You think so? Really? I don't he, know about he, that. He was instantly over with me. At that point, Dominic, I didn't know who he was. So, like, as I as I go back and watch his ECW stuff, I'm like, he was the man. But, like, at that point, I didn't know who Taz was. He came out, and I was like, I'm that, I'm that guy's biggest fan right now. Man, what about, like, Jericho? Jericho had such a huge debut in 99. It was, it was great, Dominic, but, like, he didn't come out and beat, like, a world-class athlete, somebody who was very clearly over. Um, Taz, Taz came out, and he, he beat Kurt Angle in his debut in, God, Madison, they, Square, in Madison Square Garden. They could have done so much more with him. It's oh, just no so problem. upsetting. So upsetting. All right. Pick two for me. I'm going with uh, the hardcore legend himself. Uh, really helped elevate ECW to a brand name like that, what it came to be. And that's uh, that's Cactus Jack, man. Jeez. Yeah. Two. That, that one's a layup. Right? That's an easy choice, Dom. Very easy. So, And he wasn't going to be my first pick either yet. So, Man, I'm, I'm between two. Um and I'm really tempted to go the other route, but I gotta I gotta go with my gut here. Um, Dom, I'm going with the other hardcore legend, the man. Ah, look at that face you're making. I'm going with Terry Funk. That's my first overall. Ah, oh, damn it. <laughs> <laughs> Why would you wait? Ah, <sighs> shoot. Why would you wait for that? Ah, oh, man, that stinks. Um, Terry Funk. The when people say hardcore in reference to wrestling, that's the guy that comes to mind. Right. He's who, and he's the. I mean, I thought you were gonna go a different route, so that's why I picked Cactus first. Because like I was like, he's. I, I don't know. Like if he hasn't picked Funk yet, he's not gonna pick him next. But you did. You got me. Freaking got. Me. Damn it. Got him. That's my guy. He was gonna be my number one overall. Was it? So that's good. That says something. So sorry. Deal. A steal at that point. All right, I'm going with the tag team. Uh, I'm going with the tag team for my third pick of this week, and it is the Dudley Boys. That the was Dudley that Boys. was who I was between. It was uh, Funk and the Dudleys, and I had there to go with go. Terry. Wow, what a lo- I tell you what, this is a tight race right now. Absolutely. We're trading punches here. We're trading punches going back. We are. And the more to come. More to come. More to come. Man, next week, uh, who are we going to get next? Huh? I get the pick next week, first pick. That's how it goes. You do. Dom, real quick, we, we announced another segment last week, Fantasy Warfare. Yeah. Um, so uh, I was originally just going to come up with a match, and we could riff on that. But I'm just going to name a person. And, Dominic, you name the person who you see as the, the dream matchup for them. All right? Is, they could have never faced this person? Somebody who has never faced each other, at least on like one of the main stages, like WCW, ECW, WWF. Um, anywhere else. All right. Okay. okay. Uh, Dom, it's a guy we were talking about earlier. He got a big pop at the Rumble. I'm talking about Jake the Snake Roberts. Uh, who, who's the the dream matchup for him? Now, does that mean he's they've had to wrestle in the same era, or could it be like just anybody? Anybody. It could be modern day. It could be years before him. Same time. Doesn't matter. Dream matchup for Jake. Who would be an incredible person for him to to square off with? Did him and Hall ever fight each other? You know, I don't think they did. That'd be a pretty good one. Uh, Two guys who uh, have a history of well, I mean, their their drug history is irrelevant in my opinion. Yeah, that doesn't matter. I'm not. I wasn't even thinking about that. 
they both have a history of just being some two of the best workers in the history of the business. Uh, two two of the best ring psychologies. Yeah, uh, in the history of the business. Boy, but I'm trying to think even from like a storyline standpoint, though. I mean, I'd like to see like him fight Raven, like something like that would have been cool. DDT versus the DDT. That'd been pretty cool. Dude, could you imagine that in uh, ECW 1995? Right. Yeah. Right. Could be good stuff. That. Real good stuff. Good stuff. Um, I was kind of thinking Cactus Jack, man. Uh, 1998 Cactus Jack. Are you sure they didn't fight in like WCW? I don't think so. I think they did. If well, they did, I, I need to go find that match immediately because that's something I would want to see. Jake had a pretty short stint in WCW, so I don't know if that happened or I not. I think he only fought Sting and he had lasers come out of his eyes at one point. <laughs> who, who, Jake or <laughs> Jake Sting? the Snake did, yes. What? <laughs> Look it up. What? <laughs> yes. I think he fought Sting and he had lasers come out of his eyeballs. My God, lasers! <laughs> <laughs> He's got mystical powers. Who's the? What's worse, lasers coming out of Jake's eyes, Shockmaster, or Robocop? Uh, oh man, so those I, are all. Those aren't even some of the worst ones. <laughs> I know. Tip of the iceberg when it comes to WCW. Uh, I gotta go with the lasers coming out of Jake's eyes. Look it up, Dom. It's oh a tremendous, <laughs> tremendous moment in the history of wrestling. I almost want to do a Photoshop now, where it's like he's got glowing eyes. <laughs> inspired maybe i'll do that for we're on instagram folks okay this is a great way to close out we're on instagram follow up. i'm gonna start doing a whole lot more on instagram too so it's at get the trade tables on instagram uh we'll have some fun on there folks i mean i really mean it um marcus how do they fall on i got you demons on... <laughs> i got demons trust me <laughs> so uh how do they follow you on Twitter, Marcus? <laughs> you can follow me at Keystone MPD. Marcus, do you have any Twitter goals for 2019? Uh, I already listed my Twitter goal, and Conrad Thompson liked, liked it. Liked it. I saw um, that. Yes, I've, I want uh, Tony Schiavone to either include me in his good night, uh, Marcus, and all the ships at sea. That would be incredible. Or to call me a handsome young man, which he does all the time with people on his podcast. He's, he he said that with many people. I'm not on what happened. <laughs> Tom Tom Zink, he says it about uh, Alex Wright, Marcus Bagwell. He said it about Rey Mysterio. I could go on. Did he say it about AJ Styles? I feel like probably. He... <laughs> <laughs> Tony's the best. I love that podcast. Oh man, uh, Marcus, you can always change your Twitter handle too if you really want to. I probably will. Yeah, you can go in and change it. So if hey you... man, back off. I'll do it when I'm ready. <laughs> <laughs> Just saying, create your brand, man. That's what I'm doing. All right. uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Dominic D'Angelo. Uh, you can follow WrestleZone on Twitter at WrestleZone.com. Um, I was just recently on a podcast, Wrestling With Reality podcast, doing a Royal Rumble recap. If you want to hear more about my thoughts on that, uh, Matt Kuhn was on there from uh, Vince Russo's Truth and Consequences podcast. And we had a whole other lineup of uh, guys that are really good guys. I had a good time talking to them. Uh, it was late at night to do it, but it was a lot of fun. Um, WrestleZone, stuff going on WrestleZone. We have an interview with Taya Valkyrie, uh, the Knockouts champion in Impact. Uh, we also have an interview with a uh, new uh, AEW uh, signee and becoming a prominent uh, figure on the Being the Elite show is MJF, who's amazing. Uh, we have an interview with him. And then we have one more interview. Oh, yes, uh, Impact Wrestling's Eli Drake, who I really like a lot. Um I've only seen a very little bit of him, 
but like how he delivers, he's kind of like Steve Richards in a way, I would say. But he's got, I don't know, his delivery is really good, really good on the mic. Uh, so uh, we interview them. And then uh, WrestleZone Daily uh, is with Kevin Kellum and Robert DeFelice. They did the Fast Food Royal Rumble, Marcus. It went down. Uh, and let me say, it was amazing. I And I'm not just saying that because it's like part of WrestleZone. I'm saying it was really entertaining. Why is that not your favorite Royal Rumble of all time, Dom? <laughs> That's a good point. Uh, Marcus, number one. Can you guess who drew number one? Uh, Captain Crunch, my yes, choice? it was. Really? Captain wow. Crunch drew number one. Wow. I will not ruin who wins the Rumble, but let me say he had a very strong showing. It was pretty impressive, and it was an upset. He's, see- he's been seasoned no, by the, the seed. No, no, no. Oh. Uh, Captain Crunch hung in there for a little bit, but uh, no, the winner of the Rumble had... Uh, had a very strong showing and was quite the upset if overall in the grand scheme of things, if you think about fast food icons, wow. Uh, oh, little Caesar, my pick did very well. He didn't win. I will say that, but it was, uh, still, it was funny that's dude. I was cracking up like some of the lines Kevin was delivering during that. And like Robert, the, the 30th overall <laughs> entrant was quite the surprise too. Um, really, really funny stuff. I recommend you, you seeking out to find it because it was really well done and uh, a lot of hard work put onto it. We got a lot of views from it. Uh, so thanks everybody for that. And, um, but subscribe to this, uh, to this channel here. Uh, what you do is you go to WrestleZone uh, Radio. Just type in WrestleZone Radio into your podcast app and you'll find it. Subscribe. You'll get this show and you'll get all the interviews. You'll get every daily episode of WrestleZone Daily, all that stuff. So check that out. Uh, be on the lookout for a couple articles I'm going to write this week regarding Ronda Rousey and Daniel Bryan. And always go to WrestleZone.com for your news and updates. Damn, dude. How is that for a plug? All those plugs. Boy, you cranked it out, Dom. Hammered it out. Uh, Mark, oh, geez, we didn't pick next week what we're going to do next week. Oh, okay. Okay. Jeez. Uh, um, hey, why don't, why don't you let me pick one? Well, you got to do the rando, right? Why? It's got to be an anniversary, right? Are we doing the anniversary thing? Does it? I don't know. I don't know. What are you going to pick? Let's let's hear what you say, and then I'll, <laughs> I'll accept it or not. I was, was going to say uh, WCW Halloween Havoc 1997. <sighs> not really uh, relevant at this point in time. It's, it's, it's not n- Halloween. There's not a lot of Havoc <laughs> happening. It's just a good <laughs> event, man. Maybe one of the best matches in the history of WCW, Rey Mysterio versus Eddie Guerrero. <sighs> Nah, let's do an anniversary. We gotta do anniversary, man. Hey, fair enough, man. Fair enough. I appreciate your your passion for your big WCW guy. Yeah, stick it in your ass. What's your choice? <laughs> <laughs> okay, so I did do the. I forgot I did do the year, but it was so close to what we did last last week. The ninety eight. It was twenty two years ago instead of that. So I want to kind of redo it again here. Um, minimum is ten. Maximum is twenty five. All right, here we go. All right. We're going to watch the Raw, the Monday Night Raw from 16 years ago. 16 years ago. So what is that, Marcus? Uh, 2003, Dominic. Is that 2000? So that's kind of like when we were not watching a lot of wrestling at that point. Or, or were you? I, I know I was just like starting school, uh, college, so. Uh, yeah, I don't think I was. So let's see what number that was exactly. It's going to be February 3rd. We're going to watch. Okay, so this is. We're going to watch Raw 506, 
from Monday, February 3rd of 2003, Scott Steiner prepares to battle Chris Jericho in the main event for a shot at Triple H's World Heavyweight Championship. All right. So get ready for that. Raw 506. Tune into that one, folks. Send us an email at getthetraytables at gmail.com. Give us some feedback. I don't care if it's negative. Rip on us. Rip on Marcus and his awful takes sometimes. And do you have do you have a fantasy matchup for Jake the Snake? If so, uh, oh yeah, email us. Let us know why and who and all that, all that crap. Did we miss anybody in the first couple rounds of the ECW draft? Bring Great. That up. So there you go. Uh, um, should I have picked Axel Rotten first overall? Should I have picked um, Big Sal Graziano? <laughs> <laughs> should he have been my choice? Let us know because uh, we might not care. <laughs> all right. All right. So, Marcus, hey, I'll see you next week, okay? Stay yeah, stay warm out there. It's really cold right now. So You, you betcha. Point the finger. Adios. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.